0: Don't ever, ever underestimate me. I've got a B in GCSE French. I won an egg and spoon race once. I know the words to candle in the wind. Let's get on with it, shall we?
2: Hiya, thank you for joining me. My name is Jade English and I was on The Apprentice last year. Tonight on The Apprentice Qualified, we'll be chatting to April. She was on The Apprentice a few years ago and it's not going to be an easy one because she's the only apprentice I've spoken to who hasn't even watched the programme but she has very kindly watched this episode for us. It's week nine and it's all going on. So how was that watching it after not seeing it for so long? I haven't, yeah, I haven't, I didn't even watch my series. (laughs) Did you not? No,
1: I was busy. So (laughs) it was funny watching it.
2: That's so funny. How come you didn't watch your own series then?
1: Because I was getting ready to open a restaurant the day before my last episode. Oh,
2: That's so funny. So is it how you remembered it beforehand? I feel like pretty much you can kind of,
1: like, see, obviously, where there's, like, space for more detail just because you know what it's like being in there. But, yeah, Yeah. it's pretty much what I expected.
2: Would you be able to just tell everyone who you are and... um, a bit of your background really
1: well my name's april jackson i was on the apprentice three years ago i opened three little birds three years ago in brixton and we've just opened a second location in clapham um, six months ago
2: amazing so one of the main reasons i really wanted to get you on here is because you've obviously got experience on qvc haven't you
1: <laughs> yeah I sell Welsh cheese, um, Snowdonia cheese on QVC, which is hilarious because everyone's like, what the hell do I have to do with, whales.
2: Uh, what, what has made you sell that on there?
1: Because I'm greedy. Um, a few Years ago I um, tasted Snowdonia cheese at a food event and basically when you have those little tasters and you're supposed to walk away like a normal human being I never walked away and I just kept eating and then fast forward like four years and they got the opportunity to sell on QVC and one of the owners asked me if I would do it and I was like hell yeah talking and eating I can do that.
2: <laughs> You sound like a girl right up my street. Absolutely. (laughs) I could eat all day, every day. I love it so much. No, and it's really good cheese, which is cool. And it's funny because I'd watched that movie. You know the
1: movie that's about the girl who basically came up with a kind of mop and she sells it. I can't remember the name of the movie. But anyway, I'd watched it ages ago and I was like, that would be so cool to do that. And little did I know, years later, I'd be selling something on television.
2: <laughs> dun, dun, dun. Do, you <laughs> that, do you think that you do the want to do The Apprentice again?
1: Um, I think The Apprentice was great for me in terms of my story and my business. It was, you know, I wouldn't trade that for anything. Mm. But um, I... My expectation of the process was a lot different to what it actually was. And that's, I guess, where I get like some cause for hesitation.
2: In what sort of way do you mean?
1: I hadn't watched The Apprentice um, before, like once it stopped being the job, you know, the mm. job episodes. Because when I applied, I was in Jamaica. And um, I think I still had it in my mind that it was going to be like business boot camp, like Mm. your master class, masters in business, like your MBA book crash course. And that happened to be on television. And so that really excited me because I don't plan on getting a second degree. And the idea of, you know, being in all these different industries that normally you wouldn't be able to be a part of, I thought would be really, really cool. Um, And I guess, put it bluntly, I was just surrounded by people that I wouldn't have wanted to be around in real life. (laughs) Yeah. and it was like I think The Apprentice has changed over the years like I didn't appreciate that you know a lot of people come from The Apprentice and then each series that they'll go on Big Brother or something so I do think that the motive for people to get on it was very different and so it was less about like learning and more about airtime and like I always found it really funny how in a place like London where so much is going on that people really thought that after their five minutes they were going to just, I guess, be like the next biggest celebrity. But they were (laughs) boring before, so they're probably going to be boring after.
2: (laughs) So could you just uh, let everyone know, how long were you in the process for? I was in halfway. I was at the iconic
1: three firing, triple firing in week six.
2: yeah it is definitely very different being in it to what you expect like i I, as well don't know i just sort of thought it would be more you know less of a tv program probably yeah
1: i think that's the nicest way to put it
2: (laughs) but i do think it's good in terms of it does open up a lot of doors like you're saying of course, I would yeah. never take. I would never take away
1: the value of the experience. You exactly. Know, a Jamaican yeah. girl opening up a Jamaican-inspired mm-hmm. restaurant in Brixton is not news for anyone. It's like the most cliche thing you could ever think of. But then you tag on a show of that scale, and all of a sudden, people care about it. And for that, I would like forever be grateful. I had to wear makeup like for the first few months because people traveled from all over the place to come and say hi. And without the show, they'd never do that, right?
2: That's so cool. So you still, you still get people saying oh we won the apprentice it's so funny
1: because I think when the apprentice is on like viewers get into it all over again right so they come to you with this really high level of enthusiasm that they want to share with you <laughs> and you're kind of like yeah I haven't watched it and it's like oh really why I'm like I don't know it was because I'm really really busy so you should feel honoured that you were the person that made me watch The Apprentice. I do.
2: I feel very honoured. Thank you. <laughs> I've got some questions for you, right? So the episode tonight, QVC, is that actually how intense it is?
1: You know, I love QVC in terms of the experience. I feel like I've like made a little QVC family, but I also think... Sometimes when you take something for granted, you don't really appreciate the pressure of the moment. So the first time I did QVC, I had a six-minute slot and I sold out in four. Um, And so for the last two minutes, me and the host are kind of like chilling, talking about creating (laughs) cheese clubs and just laughing. And I think um, when I, you have to basically audition somewhat before they allow you to go live. I agree. Right? And I didn't, re- so my audition, I didn't realize it was an audition because I just heard screen tests. And in my brain, that meant they're going to test you out and whatever you need to work on, <laughs> they're going to help you fix. So then um, I go in and I have no voice. And like I'd been to the doctor the day before. And the doctor's like, yeah, I can't really help your voice. You just need to not talk. And I was like, cool. So then you get into the studio and basically the producer is, you know, carrying me through. She's like, TV will soak, like, the life out of you. So you need to be extra enthusiastic for it to come over to our viewers. And I'm like, yep, just nodding. And she's really looking at me completely unimpressed. The whole point of QVC is that you're having a conversation with, like, your neighbor. It's supposed to be quite natural. Um, I'm very tactile. I think that's the Jamaican in me. So, like, I'm touching the guy who has worked for QVC and he's a complete professional <laughs> and then I'm like he's talking about smoked cheese and I'm like babe this is sophisticated smoked cheese and afterwards I'm like why the hell am I calling this stranger babe like I know him that was probably not the right thing to do but the producer comes through the door and she's like oh my god you're amazing I loved you I thought you were going to be terrible <laughs> because you didn't say anything and she's like and that moment where you called him babe I'm thinking oh shit and she's like no that was fabulous So it it was cool. And I've like I go on all the time now. So that's cool. I also go on with Andy Peters, who's hilarious. So we get to like have jokes and I get to teach them how to speak Jamaican, which is fun times. But um I like the task because obviously there is a personal connection because you kind of know what it's like to sell on TV. It's a shame that this task wasn't in my season, right?
2: I think this was the best task that they've had so far this year. Really? Yeah, it was really good because I think you actually got to see a mixture of it all obviously the apprentice is a tv program it's sales i don't know it was just a little bit of everything and also it's so oh i imagine it's very high pressured there anyway being on qbc mix that with the apprentice mix it with it nearly being the end and they've had no sleep it's just tv gold isn't it really yeah (laughs) Who do you think did the best out of them presenters? It's kind of hard, but I think if I was judging
1: on presenting, I'd probably say Tom. Tom? Who got fired? Yeah.
2: No <laughs> I way. feel like
1: he kept quite calm, um, you know, even when he didn't know what was going on. And one thing that kind of was memorable to me was when he thought the, the segment was ending... And then they kind of said, oh, actually, it's not 40 seconds. It's like two minutes. He was like, I'm going to give you another chance. And I thought that that was really good I kind of think they were all really crap at presenting so but he <laughs> I kind of feel like he was trying to stick to the script I think in terms of presenting one thing that really like kind of surprised me was people really didn't know how to describe the product right like they didn't know how to talk about it in different ways my dad when he watches QVC he's like it's a real art to talk about the same thing over and over again as if it's brand new mm,
2: Yeah, and I that's from
1: episode to episode let alone like I found it strange that within one segment, you know, particularly like, for example, with a bag, at no point did she show the inside of the bag. Like, I think, again, obviously pressure is a different thing. But I mean, live TV, there's always pressure. Right. So, yeah. yeah. And your aim is to sell it. But it's like you can't keep repeating the word amazing or people get bored. You have to have fun with it. And I think that's where a lot of it was missing because people weren't really having fun.
2: Tom, who you mentioned before, he's always been very calm from the beginning. So okay. I, I saw that you, well, you will have seen there that he was fired from the yeah. Of, yeah, he was fired straight away for him. But I think Lord Sugar liked him. I do. He must
1: have, because it sounds like he's been in the boardroom a few
2: times. (laughs) Yeah, he has. He seems like a really nice guy, but I don't think he's going to cut it. Is there any standout candidates to you that you think, yeah, okay, if if it was my choice, that is who I would hire? Sean.
1: Sean. Yeah.
2: I thought it was really
1: cool the way she to her guns, for example, with pricing, and I didn't find it rude. You know, sometimes people can, like, stick to their ways and you find it quite abrasive I thought that she it was also the right thing to do why the hell would you sell one diamond earring and then all of a sudden drop it by hundreds of pounds and expect that the, per, the one person that sold it is not going to be like why the hell did I buy this I just think you're devaluing your product and I thought that the other girl was a bit like a mosquito and so that could have been really distracting because she was just constantly on and on and on. And I felt like Sean had a really clear strategy from the beginning and she had some lower priced items. And also for that kind of customer to somebody else, it might seem weird that you'd spend three grand. I know they didn't buy it in the end, but you know, people who buy on television are really dedicated. And so I think it was a really good strategy to have one killer item. Got
2: to take risks in business. I've never actually bought from television myself, so this was completely new for me. I found it really interesting seeing the back bit, but um, the two that you're talking about, Sabrina and Sean, so they've had a little bit of issues in the past few weeks. Okay. Yeah, and um, I mean, you know what the, the whole process is like. I think the engineering... If we'd say, <laughs> of, of them being in the same room was potentially exactly sure. that, if that makes sense. Yeah, of course. But so, I
1: also thought the presenters on Sean's team were terrible
2: Daniel. Got the chat, got the looks, got the quiff, And Sarah Ann. It can be used outdoors as well as indoors. Don't get any backache. Reach those hard to reach places. The spin stopper. So I don't know. So there's something I've noticed, and I'd love to know if it was the same with your year. So there's. Predominantly women left in the competition and one male now. In the the final of yours, what was the split? Do you know?
1: (laughs) Remember, I wasn't watching it. I don't know who was in the final.
2: (laughs) You don't know who was in the final. The last three years, it's been... Four women in the final. Oh, and, really? Yeah, four women and one man. And I just wanted to know if you thought that was because it makes better television or whether you think that in that pressured environment, women do just seem to do better or whether you just think it's sheer coincidence.
1: I'm not sure who the other like contestants were up until this point. But I mean, just looking on that episode alone, I wouldn't be surprised if it was an all-female final because... I mean, the Daniel guy didn't really. Although he said he's had three wins in a row, it's hilarious to me when people, yes, you're on the winning team, but it's hilarious how they adopt the win as their own, even if it's not like due to their efforts, which I find quite funny. But um, no, maybe I, I hadn't really thought about it. It's funny because obviously gender is always a big thing nowadays, but I don't think I necessarily view things like gender specific. I didn't even realize there was one guy left.
2: I think it's just because it's not something that I think that you'd usually pick up on. But I think because it's happened three years in a run now, it, it makes me,
1: it starts to yeah. yeah makes me think.
2: Makes me think. Why is that? And I'm not sure. I think as a as a viewer, I probably wouldn't think anything of it, and I sure. don't think many of them do. I think just because I've been in the process, of course, it, it makes me think. Is it it intense? I would say that I think a lot of times,
1: you know, behind the scenes in The Apprentice, the person or the people that they think are going to end up at that final five don't necessarily do that because of the process along the way. So I'm not... Like, I think that people who... And this is not from the viewer's perspective, but I think that people working on the programme, who they may think is going to end up in their final five. Mm. But along the way, things change and things happen and politics and blah, 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 that they don't necessarily end up with that five. And so for that reason, I'm not sure how, like, convinced I would be that it's more than just...
2: What it is. Yeah. (laughs) One thing that... I found quite difficult watching that. I don't know if you'd be the same, but how how stressed um, the ladies seemed in the when they got brought back. I I found that actually really uncomfortable to watch because
1: I found it hilarious when Jackie just started off with like the pitch, like when they came yeah, back was, in. That was Jackie. Exactly. Like, oh, that's that's the po- okay. It's that time now because I didn't realise it was that time yet.
2: Yeah. Um, I don't think and- Lord Sugar did either. <laughs>
1: And then it was hilarious because the other two kind of felt like, OK, cool, it's that time, so we better, like, do our pitch as well. Uh, that that made me laugh. And also, what the hell is Jackie doing on this show? She sold her million... Sorry, her business for millions.
2: Well, like, we had someone on our show last year that was like that, and he was like, what are you doing here?
1: That was really weird for me. I re- I wanted to actually ask her, why, why are you there? I understood that she said someone more experienced, but, like, get a mentor. Like, OK, cool. You know, I, I didn't get it. I, I still don't get it.
2: <laughs> the thing that I was going to talk about before was with Khadija and Camilla. They seemed quite stressed to me. And I know being brought back in that boardroom is absolutely horrible. And I, I mean, I don't know if it was How many times were you in the boardroom? Only once on the time I got fired. But I remember whenever, <laughs> whenever I was potentially going to be back in there. I just thought I hated that boardroom. I was in there week one. It was oh, not really? a good look. It's no. like,
1: hold up, you just need to stay in this process long enough to be remembered and <laughs> if you come out now, <laughs> then it's kind of all uh, going to go down the drain. I didn't understand why everybody kept saying that Khadija was aggressive.
2: Well, do you know what? Uh, I think they do this with somebody every year anyway. I think that, I don't know, it's really hard because she has come across a little bit aggressive, to be honest with you. And I do think that, I don't think she actually knows how she comes across. And I think that's why she got really upset. Because okay. I think for a lot of people in this process, a lot of home truths get told. And people people are very, like, completely not self-aware. So <laughs> I, I think that's quite stressful for quite a lot of people in The Apprentice. I know that happened a few times um, with people in my year. They'd come back and they'd be like, I can't believe it. He's told me I'm aggressive. And you're thinking, "Yeah." You are. <laughs> <laughs> or they're like, he's told me that I'm I don't know, I sing too much. It's like you, you sing in the you boardroom. Always sing every day. <laughs> I don't know why I just said that. No oh one gosh. was actually singing in the boardroom. <laughs> but I didn't find her particularly aggressive um, on that one. No. I actually don't think I know you you'll probably say different, but I didn't think her presenting style was the worst one. It oh, it was, was terrible. Oh, was
1: so terrible. Her transitions were terrible. <laughs> Every time she starts, hello, and I was like, what the hell? Why does she keep saying hello like that?
2: Three, two, and one. Mix and cue. Your mic is live. Good evening, everybody. I mean, she did sit in basically a giant vagina on <gasps> national TV. <tea. laughs> I nearly wasn't able to get out. Oh, God. Yeah, I know, it's weird. I kind of thought that nobody else saw that but me. She couldn't get out. I was like, yes, you've got it. Come on, Camilla. Oh, gosh. Oh, it was (laughs) funny. But I know that Camilla and Jackie actually get on in in real life, so I think that was weird to watch on TV as well. Sure. Another thing that lord sugar actually spoke about was he likes growing a business from an acre an acorn to, a
1: <laughs> to an oak tree
2: <laughs> i mean <laughs> the, the lines are just great <laughs> and um i totally get where he's coming from but initially when he started saying oh what's your what's your milk brand camilla and he was saying oh it's small i was like yeah you've invested in loads of stuff that's small so when sure. he- yeah, when he brought that back, I thought that was quite good. What did you think? I think the whole
1: acorn oak thing, which was repeated several times, just in case we didn't hear it the first time. Mm. Um, yeah, I don't know. Sometimes it feels like there are words thrown around just to fill time, right? Because we all know what the process is about. Like, I, I didn't really get it. And the idea that we're going to pretend for a second that because she currently distributes from, like, the side of her kitchen that that wouldn't be a good business that he would consider. I kind of just thought it was to fill time or to perhaps make the viewer have some idea of suspense when really that's irrelevant, right? Because, like you say, that's what the show's about.
2: Well, so I'm a massive fan of Camilla. <laughs> I love I love her. I think she's great. And um, from looking at her stuff, she I think they're different flavours. I don't know, but the branding's great. It's really I cool. like her. So I mean, I'll, the product is, is fab in the
1: sense that Everyone's looking for healthy alternatives exactly. and all that stuff. Um, I just think it's it's just out of curiosity, why yeah. would you buy her brand and not some of the major people who have a lot more than 250k investment in their business?
2: How have you found it doing your restaurant? Is there any tips that you'd want to give other people starting in that sort of arena?
1: In hospitality?
2: Yeah. Don't. Don't
1: no, <laughs> oh gosh that is such a 70% joke 70% of all jokes are true okay my <laughs> darling? um but I would say a few things one there's a reason why a lot of restaurants have you know partners and investors and before doing this business I would have maybe thought that the independent route is like better because you just get to have more control over you know what you're trying to do but now I think that I can see where there's a strong argument for having other people involved. Um, I would also say don't move to a foreign country and open a restaurant because having a network is really, really important. And last, because, you know, you do have to go to bed sometime today. Um, I would say just get as much advice from people who are willing to be honest. I do find that in the world of entrepreneurship, everybody is so focused on like showing this image of success. However they define it that people aren't willing to tell you about like the real hard times and like someone like myself I'm always ready to let you know the good and the bad so I think it's really important to find someone who's been there done it and will be honest with you
2: absolutely so I completely agree with you I do especially with the likes of social media now everyone does just show their, their highlight reels really sure and that's, that's not what building a business is, is it at all?
1: <laughs> Nowhere near.
2: <laughs> so when you said before that obviously it would be good to have a partner, in what way? What What do you think it is about having a partner that would help in that sense?
1: Well, I'm speaking specifically for like my industry. Mm -hmm. I think before this, I used to do events in Jamaica and, you know, you get stressed out for three weeks, you pull off the event, everybody's happy, you collect your check, you get to take a break and then you can wheel and come again. Mm -hmm. Obviously in hospitality, it's all day, every day. There is no kind of break. So I just think having someone who is, you know, just as invested as you are, at least to some degree, it just helps you feel like you're not in it by yourself all day, every day. Um, And I think that that's really cool. Also, you know, to have different strengths, I think is really important. Some people are more structural. Some people are more about the customer experience. And I just think having and when I say multiple people, I don't mean like ridiculous numbers of people, but just having at least one or two other people who can kind of take control of a, a different area that perhaps you don't like. Like I hate admin. I hate, I don't really I understand why like, people admin. send posts. Like, I don't get why there's still letters coming through the door. And um, I feel like having people who perhaps that's what they like. Like, my sister loves opening mail. I don't know I why. I just don't
2: get that. I don't get people who, yeah, admin is totally not me. Or even, like, spreadsheets. Ugh. Yeah. No, I actually, I like a formula
1: on oh a spreadsheet. God. No. but I just I just don't like mail you know i don't i don't like me um so i think having someone who speaks to some of your areas of weaknesses or just the things that you don't like doing And obviously in the beginning of a business, I've been to like talks before where people say the parts of your business you don't like, you outsource. And that really bothers me because when you're starting a small independent business, you do not have the luxury. Well, at Mm -hmm. least I didn't, of just outsourcing every element of your business that you didn't like. You know, that comes with time and growth. And so I kind of feel like if you're building something and you had a partner, it's their interest too then you can afford to offset the things that perhaps you're not as good at because you have this person who's like your partner in crime.
2: Very good words of wisdom. So I'm in London quite regularly. I'm going to come to your restaurant.
1: You have to come. It's very good. We make like non-traditional. I hate the word traditional and I hate the word authentic. And those are two things that we don't do. But if you're looking for a vibe inspired by one of the best places in the world... Mm. then, my darling, we have something for you. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so what's the best dish on the menu, would you say?
1: Oh Well, I change my menu every three to four months. We just changed um, two weeks ago. Um, it's partly because I have to eat here all the time, so I get bored. <laughs> um, and I would say our most popular dish is hands-down curry goat. Um, but I like... What do I like at the minute? We have a really good stewed chicken. My mac and cheese is kind of banging. Um, Drinks-wise, our rum punch is always on the menu. It's called Three Little Birds because it doesn't go anywhere. And I kind of feel like everyone may have think they know what a good rum punch is but until you've had mine. <laughs> That's I all I'm it. saying.
2: We're going to play a game. <laughs> <laughs> you have to sell me your restaurant as if you're on QVC.
1: So if you're looking for a place warm service, no, I'm not talking about fake service. I'm talking about welcoming to my home that's inspired by Jamaica. You're thinking beaches, you're thinking reggae music, and of course, you're thinking lots of rum, then Three Little Birds in Brixton and Clapham is exactly where you need to be. Once you come, you'll escape the winter and I'll immediately transport you to one of the best islands in the world. Oh!
2: <laughs> I'm, so, <laughs> I'm, I'm
1: Sell out, right? That's why we sell out in four minutes all the
2: time. <laughs> That's amazing. So my producers just asked me to do the same for the podcast, but there's absolutely <laughs> no chance that I am going to do that after you just love that one. Oh, oh gosh. gosh! I'll just, you know, April's on it. She's already sold the podcast. There you go, boom, drops mic, You're done. <laughs> Thanks very much, April. We'll be chatting more Apprentice next week. The Apprentice Qualified was produced by my lovely producers, Juliet Nichols and Sylvia Sunshine. We'll see you next week.
0: If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers.